We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Digest podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Got a big pod for you guys tonight. It is 11.26 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Just got back from Austin not too long ago for Oregon football's first scrimmage of fall camp. And I am joined by none other than Nick Batty, uh, one of my writers uh, over there with me at Ducks Digest. Nick, how we doing, man? Thanks for being here. Yeah, I am great. Uh, That was a great scrimmage we saw tonight. Uh, A lot of good stuff we got from it and excited to talk about it. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm super, super psyched to have you on the pod. Uh, I've had, I think, everyone else on the team. I've had Reed and Dylan on the pod as well, done a fair amount of solo uh, pods, but I'm um, glad to have you here. We uh, kind of just wanted to break down our, uh, you know, some some of our instant reaction, you know, early uh, takeaways from the, the scrimmage, uh, some of our top performers. But before we get into it, you know, Nick, did you, was there anything kind of just from the scrimmage overall or, you know, big picture that kind of uh, caught your attention? Yeah, um, I would I would say one thing that was interesting, and it was kind of a uh, extension from the spring game. We saw a lot of it or really not a lot of it compared to years past is uh, I personally didn't see as much of the uh, pistol offensive formation out there. Uh, we didn't see as much in the spring game and that kind of, uh, continued tonight. Uh, we did see some of that in, uh, the red zone and specifically goal line situations, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see nearly as much of that, uh, just throughout the scrimmage. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. We were in the stands when you, when you kind of, uh, brought that to my attention. So I think that's definitely a good point, especially when you consider, you know, Mastro being one of the, the early, uh, founders of the the pistol and how how instrumental it's been um, for Oregon, but I, I also think it goes to the point of this being early in fall camp and the fact that it was open to the public. Um, you know, they just kind of uh, keep things pretty vanilla and you know, kind of maybe don't want to give too much away um, when it comes to formational and you know, pulling out bag of tricks type of deal. For sure, yeah, that, that definitely could be part of it. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a good note. Um, I think you know some of the other uh, something else that kind of stood out to me was just uh, I, I wanted to take uh, take some time to look at the offensive line, and uh, you know we really got to see a lot of the rotations that that Mirabal talked about. We talked to him 
uh, yesterday after practice, and, and he was talking about just trying to get a guys at a bunch of different positions. We saw Steven Jones rotating a lot um, with uh, Sala. Um, so then we also saw him playing some right guard, even though he's played a lot of uh, snaps at left tackle. Um, and I think that he's a guy that is – he's. I talked to him about kind of the sixth man type of deal last year that he role that he kind of played and and he was saying that he liked how everything was going and and I know that he's developed uh pretty well and he doesn't look like he looks like a starting offensive lineman I think he's one of those players that had he not come to Oregon he'd probably start wherever I know at any other almost any other school yeah I definitely agree and uh we definitely saw a lot of uh, rotating around the offensive line today and that's kind of what Mirabal said uh, yesterday, too, uh, how he's got 20 guys who he feels like can play uh, a lot of different positions on the offensive line. And we saw a lot of that today. I mean, mainly the, the five guys who are supposed to be starting uh, were out there today. We did see Kingsley towards the end uh, play a little bit with the ones. That was pretty interesting. But overall, uh, the ones were, were pretty much intact. Uh, and then when you got to the twos and the threes, we really saw a lot of uh, um, switching up of, you know, some guys playing on the left, some guys playing on the right. And again, that's kind of what Mirabal said yesterday that uh, they're going to have to be ready to play whatever position might come up and, and be necessary uh, come the season. I mean, uh, not everyone's going to be healthy all the time. So you guys, you, you got to be able to, uh, to, you know, fill in whatever positions needed. Exactly. I love seeing that, uh, you know, philosophy put into work, put into practice, um, you know, when they were, we were there in, uh, in person. So um, yeah, let's, let's hop into some of the the top performers, Nick. Uh, I think that, you know, just something to say from this, we, we chose five from offense, five from defense. Um, and it's not necessarily any sort of ranking, you know, Nick and I got back from Autzen and we kind of just wanted to get something, get something together, uh, you know, pretty quickly. Um, so we did put, that's not to say we didn't put some time and thought into this, but it, you know, I feel like some people kind of draw more out of some of these, uh, kind of rankings or performances than, than is needed. But with all that being said, I think, yeah, and sorry, sorry, but yeah, it's, also, it's also just, you know, one, two hour scrimmage. Uh, this is the first live action we've seen at all so far this fall. So it's a little unfair to take too much from just one uh, scrimmage, but it's all we've got for now. So, uh, you know, some guys really showed out tonight and we want to, we want to give them props for that. Exactly. That's a, a great point. Thank you for hopping in there and, and giving that disclaimer. Cause it's definitely a good point. Like that's what we've been, been wanting to see since fall camp started is what do these guys look like live? Cause we haven't seen them since May um, as far as a, a competing standpoint, but the person who stood out uh, a ton for me um, was Isaiah Brevard. Um, you know, he was the, the third of three high school American uh, wide receiver recruits to, to sign with the Ducks. And I think especially since he came in in June, he's kind of a guy that um, I don't know if flown under the radar is the is the right you know, phrase for this, because if you come in with that kind of, uh, you know, uh, acumen or, you know, distinction, you know, you're going to be on uh, on people's radars. But he, he really balled out tonight. You know, Troy Franklin had uh, had some good plays. Uh, Dante Thornton was a, a bit off tonight. Um, maybe not his best day out there, but Brevard stepped up, right? That's why you bring in guys like this. When someone else is off, someone else is going to be on. So he connected with Robbie Ashford for a touchdown early. 
Um, they connected three times on that drive. He, he got that one over uh, a young cornerback. Brooks had a 15-yard gain on a slip screen. Also connected with Jay Butterfield for a touchdown in the, the red zone portion of tonight's scrimmage. And he was running a variety of routes. And we got to see a lot of different, you know, uh, skill sets or parts of his skill set, I should say, uh, on display. And uh, he also was playing with violent and strong hands, which is something that you want to see out of your wide receivers. So he's a, he's, you know, our first guy that we kind of want to highlight that I think caught a lot of people's attention. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, uh, we saw a lot of Chris Hudson tonight. Uh, He played a lot with the twos, uh, even some of the ones, I believe he he switched uh, off with, with Johnny Johnson a little bit there. Uh, But he had some great, uh, great connections with uh, both uh, Butterfield and Ty Thompson. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit up and down there at the beginning. He uh, was probably just starting to, uh, to, to get involved in the offense, but, you know, once we really got into the the nitty gritty of the two minute drill and the uh, goal line situations, he was right there and, uh, uh, really really showed out today yeah and then with Hudson you know he he was connecting with a, a bunch of different quarterbacks which was good to see um he I think he's one of the guys that I'm really excited about because he has a lot of ability to make plays after the catch um you know he's kind of a, a shifty guy um but he's not you know super small he's got good size for a wide receiver I believe he's around 5'11 um and then he went up to get a couple passes you know showed a good a good job good ability to high point um, some passes and, and did it in some big spots, you know, hooked up with Ty Thompson a couple of times in the, the third down situation portion of the scrimmage. Um, and then he had about a 40 yard touchdown and it was a little weird because it kind of looked like one of those plays, Nick, where they kind of let up a little bit, but they still played the, um, it's not a siren. I'm trying to think of what it's called. The sound that they make when, when they, when the ducks score. Foghorn. 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 Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was really big. He had a couple of drops kind of uh, uh, when he was playing with uh, Jay Butterfield on the two minute drill. But what I know I wanted to add about him, I was down in L.A. Uh, to you know see some guys at St. John Bosco uh, in July. And I was talking to their coaching staff and you know they were saying, I mean, I, I feel like Chris could really break through this year. You know, he's just a dog. He's a competitor. And um, I, I think that everything we've seen in fall camp uh, and especially with tonight with his performance, um, is, is definitely looking to validate that. Um, anything else you wanted to, to add about uh, Hudson here, Nick? Uh, mainly more just in general about the wide receivers. Uh, the ones out there tonight, Johnny Johnson, Micah Pittman, and Troy Franklin came out uh, to start with the ones and, and was mostly with, with the ones. Now, it uh, should be noted that uh, Devin Williams, uh, Jalen Red, still not quite back yet. They were there. They were dressed. Uh, but uh, did not play in the scrimmage tonight. So that could, you know, change things a little bit once they come back. But I uh, thought it was interesting that Troy Franklin did get uh, the start with the ones today, Anthony Brown, all that. Yeah. Yeah. I know tons of, tons of talent at wide receiver. And I think the fact that the first two guys were listing here and talking about our wide receivers just shows you the, it kind of just it validates the excitement more or less around the wide receiver group as a whole. You know, a lot of people want to focus on those freshmen and understandably so, but this is, I've been following the Ducks for, you know, a long time now. And I feel like this is as much or the most hype we've seen uh, at the wide receiver spot in quite some time. 
Yeah, no question about it. Uh, just the physical nature of these wide receivers are nothing this Oregon program has seen uh, in a long time. So really excited about that. Absolutely. Uh, the next guy that I want to talk about is Ty Thompson. I mean, I, I think some people when he committed and, and signed, I was writing the, the freshman focus on him is like he made history the second he signed because he was the first five-star quarterback to sign with Oregon. Um, and, you know, instantly a lot of expectations were placed on his shoulders, but man, I, I know he was playing against, uh, you know, maybe some of the, the twos and threes, what have you on defense and didn't have the best talent with him on offense, but he did get some run with the ones um, which was pretty interesting. I don't think that that's necessarily indicative of the staff saying, Hey, we think this is going to be our starting quarterback because literally everything that we've seen and heard so far in fall camp lends us to believe that this is Anthony Brown's job, but he did pretty solid when he was with the ones, this was in the, the red zone portion of, uh, of the scrimmage. And uh, I think when you're looking at his performance tonight, he was decisive uh, with his throws and decision-making, which was really good. The ball came out fast and he did a good job avoiding pressure and stepping up in the pocket. He, he looked composed. He didn't look like he was, you know, rattled at all. Um, like, you know, you might see from some, from some freshmen, and maybe that comes in part to being here early and playing in the spring game. Um, but I think one of the best parts about him, aside from just how lively the ball looked and just zipping it out of there, was the fact that he was taking risks. I mean, that I, I that was probably the biggest thing that I wish I would have seen from Anthony Brown is he just – he was – playing it safe for the most part, you know, with some short passes, some intermediate routes. Um, but the fact that we saw Ty, you know, stepping up and, and trying to, you know, fire some, some tight balls out there into some coverage, you know, you don't want to see someone making dumb decisions. And I'm not saying any of them were necessarily, um, but I was really, really impressed with what I saw with Ty tonight. And even though he was, I, I think he was the best quarterback out there tonight. I mean, maybe that's pretty bold to say, but, you know, he was going against, you know, some of the, uh, you know, like I was saying, ones, twos. So it wasn't like he was going against the ones the whole time and was just blowing everybody away. But I thought I was amazed with, with how good he looked tonight. Yeah, I definitely agree from the standpoint of uh, I think he's definitely the most gifted quarterback uh, that was out there tonight. Uh, just, I mean, like you said, the way the ball came out of his hand, uh, it's just something different. You can see why he was so, so highly rated uh, coming out of high school. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and Anthony Brown, he, he was fine tonight. I mean, I, I really uh, liked what I saw from him um, using his legs, scrambling. Uh, I think that could be a really big part of the offense this year. And it's, it's tough to really see that when, of course, they've got the red shirts on and, uh, um, you know, they're being really cautious with them out there uh, to really understand how, how that scrambling is going. But uh, I thought Brown did really well with uh, his running ability. So uh, we'll hope to see more of that when the season comes along. Yeah. And, and just to real quick, one last thing, since we're talking about um, Brown real quick here, um, you know, to your point, Nick, it was, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, no quarterbacks were getting hit. And why would you when you're this close to the season? And there were definitely a couple of plays where we looked over at each other and we were like, did they mean to stop that? Like, was that supposed to be how it all went down? Like, did they give the defense a credit for a sack there? So it was a little weird for sure. Um, but I think just in general, like, I, like ever since Herbert was here, like, I just want to see people taking risks and being aggressive. And that's definitely what I saw from, from Brown when I was down in Arizona for the Fiesta Bowl. So maybe we just haven't 
he's still getting you know settled in a little bit more, and, and it could be a, a different situation come game day against Fresno State. I want to let you start off this this next uh, you know yeah this, this well, next one uh, yeah and one one other quick thing I think is a good time to to mention this uh, there were a uh, a lot of pre snap penalties a lot of false starts tonight uh, that was something Mario Cristobal uh, was not happy with uh, in his post game interview uh, I really he uh, obviously really hopes to uh, fix that and I'm sure they will really work on that uh, so that's something that you know offensive line quarterback just got to be be communicating about that and hopefully that will get fixed as well uh but then as for our our next uh people that really stood out it was the young tight ends uh maliki and and, and terrence ferguson uh they're both the, the true freshman tight ends uh what really stood out to me is just how physically gifted they are uh i mean they, they're coming into camp and physically they're they're ready to to compete at, at this college level at least in my opinion uh you, you can clearly see when they're out there that they're still young still got a lot to learn uh with with both both pass catching and uh and with some blocking but physically you know they're, they're right there with with spencer webb and and these uh uh bigger uh tight ends um with more experience so that's what uh, really stood out to me with them. And, and they did have some great uh, catches, uh, especially with the young quarterbacks. Uh, a lot of connections there with uh, Butterfield and and Ty. And it should be uh, said, we've talked a lot about Butterfield and, and Ty Thompson. Uh, Robbie Ashford was also there. He did uh, play a little bit. Uh, Mark Criswell said he's still uh, ramping up from being a little bit limited earlier in camp. Uh, but... He was still there and uh, definitely not someone you should count out just yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ashford, uh, he's always fun to watch every time he comes in. I mean, he's really mobile in the pocket. Um, He kind of just gives me like a, I don't know, like a recess kind of vibe, like just like with the way he plays and runs around. He's just a competitor. You saw that in the last play at the spring game when he he laid out to, to get that two point conversion. But to, to bring it back to who you were talking about, Nick, you know, with Montevallo and Ferguson, I was really interested to see Montevallo, how he moved, because we got updated rosters a couple of days ago earlier in the week, and he was listed at 263, which was just insane. Um, not only because he's a freshman, but just a tight end. Like, I feel like you usually see tight ends, even in the NFL, around the 250 range, and that's usually kind of, you know, it stops around there. But 263 is a freshman. Him and Ferguson are both 6'6" um you know Maliki had some some great plays and and looked pretty mobile uh running up the sideline when he had some sp- open space on the, one of his catches and then with Ferguson I think coming out of high school what made him so intriguing for me was just how he, they, he was flexed out uh as a wide receiver and didn't even look like a tight end at times so I was like you know with with how much weight he's put on albeit it looking like right now it's looking like it's good weight I was kind of wondering okay is, is that athleticism going to still carry over is he still going to be able to make some some kind of like eye eyebrow raising catches and uh, he laid out for a couple grabs tonight and, and he certainly looked the part yeah no question about it all right and then the last person we want to talk about here um from some of our top performers uh staying in the quarterback room is jay butterfield um i think this is a guy that uh kind of is, is really being slept on uh you know when you're looking at this team because, you know, like we were talking about this being Anthony Brown's job for the most part, at least looking like that, 
I think when you're looking at the the battle for the number two spot, a lot of people just think about Ty Thompson and Robbie Ashford, maybe because their play is a little bit more, you know, exciting or, you know, because they're more athletic and maybe fit the mold of the modern quarterback a bit more the way that we're seeing college football trend. But Jay Butterfield looked great out there. And I think he had the best deep ball of any of the quarterbacks today that we saw. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, I mean, he, he's got that deep ball down, especially uh, he had uh, some great, great throws to um, Isaiah Brevard, uh, Chris Hudson. Um, he had a jump ball to Troy in the end zone and the uh, goal line portion. Uh, yeah, he was really confident out there. Yeah, I, I love watching that kid throw. Um, you know, you talk about that, that uh, you know, goal line just kind of fade route to, to Troy. And it, it just looked so fluid, you know, got the snap and just immediately looked over and put it in the right spot. And, you know, Troy made an awesome play on it himself. So, you know, give, give him some credit too. Um, but Butterfield looks awesome. And he, he scampered a little bit uh, here and there throughout the night. Um, but I, I thought he looked pretty strong and maybe he's, I don't know, this, this quarterback battle is just getting more and more interesting, although albeit a quarterback battle, maybe for the number two spot. Yeah, definitely for the number two spot, at least for now. Uh, we'll see what happens after that Ohio State game. Um, this is just pure speculation on my part, but I could maybe see uh, uh, if if a Ty Thompson or, or a Jay Butterfield or even a Robbie Ashford uh, really started to show out in, in the practices that they might consider um, giving them some reps and making a change after that Ohio State game. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, you know, nothing's, uh, nothing's off the, off the table as of right now. Um, but before we wrap up our offensive uh, portion of the podcast, uh, Nick, you know, I, I just wanted to give, uh, uh, I don't want to say a shout out, but maybe like an honorable mention to uh, wide receiver, Tevin Janice. Um, he's a guy that I think uh, doesn't really get enough attention uh, for this team. He, he was playing, you know, with like the twos and the threes today. Um, so maybe people just didn't put as much weight into his performance, but I thought he had some really nice plays. Um, and, and he's kind of the, one of those guys that I think, like I was saying, doesn't get enough praise, but you want him on your team in practice, pushing the DBs. Uh, and I think he's, he's gonna, he's gonna help elevate the, the level, the play of the secondary, um, just having an athlete like him in your wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, definitely. No doubt about it. Uh, and so now going to the defensive portion of this uh, podcast right here, you've got to start with Justin Flill. I mean, this guy, uh, I mean, he's just a home run waiting to happen on defense. It, it's truly incredible. It's electric every time he's out there. Uh, he might be the most electric player on that defense, which is saying a lot considering they have number five there as well. Um, but there was a play tonight where he, uh, where poor, poor seven McGee had to, uh, pick up Justin Flo and, and pass protection and it did not go well for uh, seven, uh, Justin Flo, uh, just ran right through him. And, um, yeah, that was, that was something to see for sure. He, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's words can't describe what Justin Flo can do on the football field when he's healthy and he looks pretty healthy right now. Yeah. Yeah, Flo definitely was a playmaker all over the place. Really picked up exactly where he left off in the spring game. Um, you know, that, that play that you mentioned against seven, you know, our little section of the stands with the media, everyone was kind of, you know, looking over at each other, you know, definitely had some, whoa, oh, you know, oohs and ahs, what have you. 
But the dude was all over the place, blew up some runs, had a couple sacks. Uh, maybe some of those were some of those plays we were talking about earlier, Nick, where we didn't quite know, like, was that a sack or what was going on here? But he also had a fumble recovery in the goal line situation when uh, Jay Butterfield was looking to pitch it to Travis Dye. Um, you know, dove right on it. And uh, the dude's just a, a ball of energy. He's she had, he has strong pursuit and just has a super high motor. Um, you know, he'll run a couple yards, uh, you know, past the play where it ends when he makes a big play and, and hit the slam his hands on the ground and, you know, bump his fists on his helmet and yell all over the place, even when he's just on the sideline. And man, I, I can't wait to see Austin Stadium and be in Austin Stadium when that dude makes a big sack or has just a huge hit, um, you know, once uh, once football really gets ramped up and we're in the season. But yeah, I mean, there's it's kind of like it's weird to, to talk about seeing that this is looking to be his first full season. But it's like, oh, yeah, like you, you said yourself when you introed him, you're like, this wouldn't be a, 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 a strong performers list if we didn't have flow. And it's like he already has that kind of vibe to him. It's like, yeah, you you know what you're getting with him. Uh, it's just an absolute, you know, animal on defense. Yep. Uh, not much more you can say about him right now. I mean, it's it's uh, awesome to see him, the duck, and on the field. Yeah, last, last thing I wanted to say on Flo, uh, you were talking about his health. You know, he's looking like he's completely healthy, but he did have a pretty strong uh, knee brace out there. But I, you kind of figure that's more precautionary than anything um as we uh, approach the season and uh let's move to the secondary for our, our next guy let's talk about steve stevens i think he had some some great plays tonight uh had some good run with the the first stringers first team uh the play that stood out the most to me was a pass breakup he had against Montevao. i think that uh the tight ends are so fun to watch because they're such an intriguing position you know you can't put a linebacker on them because they're not fast enough but you can't necessarily lock them down with a safety because they're so big, but Steve Stevens got physical with, with Montevao uh, on this, uh, you know, long pass play. That was kind of a, a jump ball of sorts uh, near the sidelines. Honestly, I'm pretty sure he was called for PI after the, like I was looking at my notes, but when I was looking at my notes and saw that play come up, it, it kind of, you know, refreshed it for me. I was like, I don't care if that was a penalty. That was just a good play. Um, he was in the right place at the right time. And this is a guy that's been in the system for a while, right? He signed with the ducks in 2018 uh, with Javon Holland, came in as uh, one of the top safeties in the country, and he got to learn under Holland, who is in the NFL now. So I think that he's definitely a name to consider when you're looking at who might be able to step in here, um, since we don't know what, uh, quite what's going on yet with uh, the availability of Jamal Hill and DJ James. But Steve Stevens had a, a strong performance tonight. Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, our third guy here, Mikhail Wright, uh, I mean – He's really going to have to be a leader of this defense now, at least in the secondary. Uh, this is now his, his third year starting, uh, at least partially out there. And uh, we really saw some of that today. Uh, he was uh, instructing uh, Triquois Bridges uh, on the sidelines. Um, he, he almost had an absolutely crazy interception um, uh, against Johnny Johnson out there uh, when, when Brown did take a shot deep. Uh, but not quite. He was out of bounds a little bit, but uh, he was matched up, matched up on Troy Franklin a lot tonight, uh, which was really cool to see just considering uh, the stature uh, of Troy Franklin. I mean, Troy's, you know, what he's six, four or something like that. Um, and six, two, I think. Six, yeah. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six, two. Yeah. He's uh, a great player to your point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That just shows you what they think of, uh, of Franklin there. But um 
yeah, uh, I thought it was really, uh, really nice to see him back out there. And um, yeah, anything more on him? Yeah, I think when you're when you're talking about Michael, um, it's a little bit of a similar vein with with Flo, as in like you know what you're getting, right? You know, maybe they're hoping to get a little bit more out of him from a special teams perspective. I I want to say. I'm going to bring up my notes here to see if I can find it, but I want to yeah. say it was him and uh, Chris Hudson that were in that first unit of, um, okay, no, I have yeah, Johnny John- and Johnson on, on yeah. kickoff. So yeah, but um, there's been conversation about getting him in there more as even a punt returner as well. Um, Cristobal was saying, you know, the only time he really got him off the field last year was when he was gassed. Um, so, you know, obviously they want him the most for, for cornerbacks. That's what he's best at, but just a super versatile athlete. Um and I think that, you know, it's, it's huge for, for them to have him in what looks like his final season here, um, helping players like Triquez Bridges and Dante Manning, you know, just having them learn under a guy who's probably going to be an All-American um, is invaluable when you're looking at the future of the secondary. And um, I was telling you when we were walking away from Austin, I was like, you know, us, we had that crazy play that was almost an interception, but the fact that we weren't saying his name that often or writing his name down very much shows that he's locking down and quarterbacks aren't throwing him to him. And that was kind of one of the big lessons that I learned from, you know, my first season of uh, team coverage uh, actually here in Eugene last year, but Michael Wright been a baller, still a baller uh, showed out tonight. Um, and this, uh, this next guy that I want to talk about moving right along here with our fourth of five uh, performers on defense, strong performers from the first scrimmage of Oregon football fall camp is Braden Swinson. This is a guy that, uh, you know, is, is a young second year guy. Um, he signed with Oregon as part of the, the 2019 class and has just been taking really big leaps uh, in his development. Talked about to Mario Cristobal after the scrimmage in our media availability. And uh, he just had nothing but good things to say about him. I think he got up to around 260 pounds uh, at his, you know, peak weight. And then he, now he's more around the 243, 244 range. But the biggest thing is that Cristobal said that he's the guy who's grown the most out of any position, any player at any position this week in practice, which is, you know, pretty strong. Because I feel like when you're at, I mean, Nikki, you've probably seen this, but like when you're like asking coaches to highlight like certain players, you know, you can't really ask questions like who stood out the most or like who did the best or compare these two people or those kind of questions. And, and when I was asking him about Swenson, he readily volunteered that so it just shows you how well he's he's been doing in the system just a super super athletic guy uh he had a sack against uh sala in the, in the fall uh scrimmage today and uh he said that he's going to be all mario said that he's going to be all over the field this year you know going to be a big year for swinson and i think when you're looking at edge players we didn't see any of mace funa today um might, might be worth adding that as well so we got to see him uh get a lot of work in on the edge and uh, the edge position is just really interesting because they get asked to do a lot of different things and uh, you want to get the really big athletic guys out there. Uh, I believe Swinton is six, four. Uh, let's see on the roster. Yeah. Six, four, uh, a guy that played in, in Georgia. So played some really good competition and it's just looking like he's going to make another big impact, be another impact guy for the team this year. Yeah. Uh, no question about that. And, uh, and, you know, when Mario said all over the field, that includes special teams. So, I mean, he, he's going to help everywhere for, for the Ducks this year. Our last guy, uh, Triquez Bridges. I mean, th- this guy, you know, 
he, he made some big plays tonight. He was, he played a lot of snaps uh, and he's right in the thick of things to start right out of the gate this year. Uh, he's in competition with uh, Dante Manning and, you know, you could definitely see that he's still, still a little bit raw, still learning some uh, uh, techniques out there, but the talent is also uh, there immediately. He hits a really good pass breakup against uh, Troy Frank Franklin um, he, he got beat a little bit there, but he showed his uh, great athletic ability. Uh, he extended out, uh, tipped the ball away, and uh, recovered really well. That was, that was really impressive to see. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's going to have plenty of opportunity here, along with Dante Manning, to start right away. So uh, he's just a really interesting guy to uh, continue to see develop and uh, see what he's got. Yeah, with Bridges, especially with him moving over from moving down, I should say, from safety. He was telling us earlier this week about how in high school he kind of just played off raw talent and ability. But now that he's moving to corner, he's having to hone in on his technique a lot, a lot more um, and kind of just learn how to play the position a little bit differently because he's 6'3". Um, but I think that that's really exciting because uh, it gives them a lot of versatility when it comes to matching up with some of these bigger wide receivers, for example, um, you know, they're going to be going against the Julian Flemings and the G Scotts. Uh, Chris Olave is at Ohio State. Um, and uh, shoot, I have one more point that I wanted to make about him, but I can't completely remember what it was. So hopefully it comes back to me. Um, but I think, he, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's a guy that is definitely a name to watch as we're looking for someone to fill in um, for, uh, you know, DeAndre Lenore taking off uh, after you know, taking off to the NFL. He had a pick for the Niners today in their preseason game against the Chiefs. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm a Niner fan, originally from the Bay Area. So go Niners. Uh, good to see a, a Duck making a play for my team. But uh, I think that's all I had on – oh, okay, no, that's what I was going to say. Um, I want to say it was DeRuiter, uh, you know, the Ducks defensive coordinator that was talking about Bridges and kind of what he brings to the table. And he was saying that, you know, they could maybe take a little bit more risks – with him as a defensive back since he has all that length and it makes it, um, you know, a little bit easier. You could maybe say for him to recover a little bit more, a little bit bigger of a margin for error, if you will. And we saw that Nick in that play that you were talking about with, with Troy Franklin. So um, it's always cool to see things that the coaches talk about, you know, directly, you know, reflected in, in on-field performance. So he was our fifth big performer. But uh, before we wrap up, I want to talk about an honorable mention. We had Tevin Jennings for the offense. I think Brian Addison did really well tonight. Um, when you're looking at his journey to Oregon, he uh, you know signed with UCLA and then ended up in Eugene as uh, one of the top athletes in the 2018 class. He's six foot five. Let's see what he's listed here on the roster. Six five, sorry, six four, 183 pounds. Um, so you know, with him being a, a, a much taller guy, I think. Uh, it, I think safety is definitely a good fit for him. That's where we saw him playing a lot today, just being able to kind of be more rangy and, and go all over the field. He, uh, he had a dropped interception. Um, but, you know, other than that, he had some good plays and breakups and was definitely a guy that you saw in the right spot at the right time, multiple times throughout the scrimmage, regardless of what unit he was running through. So um, I think he's a, a guy that, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of going to this season and maybe people have forgotten about him a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, you're thinking, well, Hey, hopefully this is the year that he can uh, put it together and, and maybe make a name for himself in the secondary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just a couple other notes I had, uh, right here. Um, you know, the secondary definitely held its own tonight, uh, especially at, at the beginning of practice. Um, uh, the, the ones, you know, even though they were, uh, 
thrown out there for the most part, pretty young and experienced. I mean, they had what they had Jalen Davies, uh, of course, DJ James, um, uh, JJ Greenfield. Uh, I think I'm missing a couple others as Wait, well. Did you mean to say DJ James? I don't think he was out there today. Yeah, yeah, no, the, uh, they, they, I, um, I'm naming guys who weren't there tonight. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Though no, they were all, they were all not there tonight. And I think I might be missing a couple others. So they were missing a lot of talent out there in the secondary and, and they still held their own. Um, so that was really impressive to see and just shows you the the depth that Mario has been able to uh, uh, build up in the past uh, couple of years to really make this uh, a, a team who, you know, doesn't need to rely on health per se uh, to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, talking about how the, the defense came out with a strong showing, especially earlier uh, in the scrimmage, you know, Mario talking with us reporters after, uh, the scrimmage and he was saying you know I kind of feel like the offense came out and and did really well earlier in the spring but looks like the defense is coming along a little bit more and I think part of that I know when we're kind of just talking about superlatives and, and overarching notes from today I was not impressed with the run game at all and and I I, I, mean, I think that the the coaching staff probably echoed that um, just not really many explosive plays granted it's still early like we're saying um, but you know I, th I think we hopefully get to see another scrimmage next weekend. Um, I'm not a million percent sure if that's what's going to be the case. Um, I, I'd heard from some of the reporters that that might be how it worked in the past, but I'm still getting settled in here in Eugene as far as being here with a team completely in person. Um, but I was not impressed with the run game. Maybe that's why the offense didn't look as great as people maybe expected. Um, and maybe the defense looked like they were in a bit of a better rhythm. Yeah, and let me just mention that uh, uh, Travis Dye, C.J. Burdell did not play a ton tonight. They're really trying to uh, limit their reps. Uh, don't you know? They don't want them to uh, uh, get too bruised up before the season begins. So that definitely could be a large part of that, and uh, why they maybe didn't you know uh, call as many runs, or definitely call as many runs with their main guys out there. So uh, that definitely could have been a part of that. A um, couple other quick notes I've got before we get out of here. Um, uh, Adrian Jackson looked pretty good tonight as well. Want to give him a, a quick shout out. He had a sack. Um, Brandon Dorless, uh, he uh, was shaken up a little bit with a shoulder elbow injury, but he did come back later. So I don't think there's anything to be too uh, concerned about there. And then a couple quick special teams notes. Uh, as we mentioned before, Mikhail Wright and Johnny Johnson were uh, the uh, first two guys out to return kickoffs. And then also um, Will Hutchinson, who is listed as a punter, uh, he was the first guy to uh, uh, kick off. And he had uh, one or two kickoffs from the one I remember seeing. He uh, uh, had a touchback, kicked it six, seven yards deep into the end zone. So that was really nice to see because that in the, uh, the past couple of years, Camden Lewis has been doing that, and uh, it has not gone great for the most part. So hopefully that's a position uh, where they've kind of found someone who can uh, can uh, execute better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, and sorry, sorry, but just a couple other things with the special teams. There were two field goals tonight. Cattle monster. Uh, Can't yeah, leave him out. Yeah, everyone loves their, their uh, field goal kickers. Uh, of course, Cattle monster. He had a 48-yard field goal uh, split uh, right through the uprights at the end of a two-minute drill there. 
with one second left on the clock. So that was cool. And then also Camden Lewis, uh, he also uh, attempted field goal. I believe it was a 27-yarder, and he made that. So two for two with the uh, kickers tonight. That was fun to see. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah, um, let me see. I'm trying to think of anything else that comes to mind. I know we were talking about Malik Montevao and Terrence Ferguson. When we were talking with Cristobal after and asking him about how they how he thought they performed, he was basically saying that they put themselves in positions to, uh, you know, contribute this year and play, um, which is crazy just because the Ducks have such a stacked tight end room. And speaking of tight ends, we saw DJ Johnson back with the team uh, in fall camp today. Um, this was the first time that we saw him in fall camp uh, for any time. Um, that the media was able to attend. Uh, so Cristobal is saying just how excited he is that he's back and that he did some great stuff for the Ducks last year. And it's just a, a crazy athlete. I mean, he's, he's listed on the roster at 273, which is pretty insane. Um, and I don't think he looked the part today. He didn't play in the scrimmage, but we just saw him kind of running around and going through some drills with the guys. And uh, he was in shells, so kind of some lighter pads and, and shorts, but just uh, – we were kind of been wondering where he was. So, uh, you know, certainly good for the Ducks to get a major contributor back on offense from last year. Dube was just a problem for every team that uh, that they faced uh, in terms of just being able to tackle him with, with one guy, um, something that didn't happen a whole lot. But I think that's most of what we had from the first scrimmage of Oregon Ducks football fall camp. Uh, Nick, is there anything else you wanted to add before we uh, kind of just do our, our final our final regards. No, I think that's it. I mean, it was just, it was so much fun to be back inside Otson uh, in the fall. We had the season ticket holders there, a uh, really good turnout uh, with the season ticket holders there. Uh, they filled up a couple sections and um, just can't wait. You know, it's three more weeks until everyone's back in Otson and we cannot wait to uh, see everyone else there as well. Yeah, right on. Well, before we really wrap it up, where can people find more of you, Nick? You can find more of me uh, on Twitter at NickBat22. That is at N-I-C-K-B-A-T-22. And uh, Max Torres, you can find him on Twitter as well. Yeah, you can find me at mTorres Sports. Uh, Nick is one of our uh, more recent additions to the team. He's been doing some great work. Uh, you know, just for people who maybe aren't familiar with you, Nick, can you kind of just give us a little bit of a run through of some of the stuff you've been doing for us? Yeah, so uh, I'm here in Eugene as well uh, with Max. We're, we're doing more of the day-to-day uh, -day stuff um, uh, with fall camp and uh, trying to get great articles out to you um, about kind of what, what, what we're seeing in practices as well as what we hear from these uh, players and coaches that we get to interview every day. So uh, recently uh, got an article up on the uh, tight ends, or at least that will be up shortly. And... Um, also got one about uh, Rod Chance, the cornerback coach, and uh, what he expects from this young but very interesting uh, uh, corners that we've got. Right on, right on. Good stuff, man. Uh, make sure to head on over to Ducks Digest. That's si.com slash college slash Oregon for all your Oregon Ducks content. Um, we're, we're ramping up the podcast here. You know, I got, I got a newer mic here, so it's uh, a little bit easier to get stuff, um, you know, up and recorded uh at a, in a timely manner um and you know like nick said he's here and, and he's always down to hop on the pod got other pods out with dylan and and reed some of my other writers but uh we're we're on spotify and apple Podcasts right now working on expanding into some other apps but 
uh, if you could give us uh, a hand and, you know, spread the word to your friends and family, any other duck fans out there or college football fans out there too. But um, that's, uh, that's all we had for this one coming to you from Eugene just after midnight on uh, a late Saturday in August. Hope everyone's staying cool, staying safe and getting excited for football season until next time. Take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.